Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Well, once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church on this absolutely gorgeous December Sunday. So good to have you with us. I trust you enjoyed all of the Christmas music and the special songs. Amen. I say it often and I say it because I mean it. Phil Smith and our entire music team are second to none. We are so blessed. Very blessed to have such a group of passionate and anointed and talented musicians and singers, and we're so glad to have them here worshiping with us together. Thank you for joining us. It's good to have you with us. My intention, my number one desire and goal this morning is to expand and elevate your Christmas spirit and try to get you ready for Christmas. Are you good with that? That's what I really want to do. And yes, I know for some people, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. For some, Christmas stirs up painful memories, and it can intensify feelings of sadness and heartache. Maybe for some of you, this is the first Christmas that you're going to celebrate following the death of a loved one. Can I say I know how that feels? Because just a couple of months ago, in August of this year, August the 22nd, my own mother went home to be with the Lord. And when I think about Christmas without mom, first one, it breaks my heart. And not for a moment am I trying to minimize the pain you might be experiencing this holiday season. However, today I want to remind you that it was because of your sadness and because of your heartbreak that Jesus came to planet Earth in the first place. And on that very first Christmas morning, I mean the moment that Jesus was born, the glory of God lit up the pitch black sky and the angel of the Lord made a heavenly announcement. Behold, I bring you great news good news of great joy that will be for all people. I'll say it again. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Not just some people. Not just the people who enjoy this time of year. The angel said all. And how many of you know all includes you? And the message wasn't just good news. You know, news you can use. It was good news of great joy. Enough joy, enough jubilation to lift even the most weary and disheartened soul. And in the event you've lost sight of that message, that good news, let me, if you allow, to refresh your recollection. It's found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Here's what the angel said. For unto you, unto who? Which is me. Unto you, unto me, 
is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. One more time. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the message of Christmas. That's what we celebrate seven days from now on December the 25th. That's the reason for the season. A Savior was born. I'm going to say it again. A Savior was born. That's why we get excited. A Savior was born. And do you know what a Savior does? A Savior saves. That's what Jesus came to do, to save us from our sins, to save us from our sorrow, and to save us from our sadness. And so I guess this morning, the million-dollar question for all of us is what have you personally done with that breaking news? What does the timeless, unchanging message of Christmas mean to you? What does it really mean to you? And while you think about that for just a moment, over the past 38 plus years of full-time ministry, I have found that most people, people who believe the story of Christmas, people who know the story, they respond to the message of Christmas in one of three different ways. First, there's a religious response. Secondly, there's a respectful response. And finally, number three, there is a relational response. One more time. Religious, respectful, and relational. And you guessed it. We're going to take a look at all three one at a time. And this is how I want to do this. I'd like to examine a couple of Bible people, people who are in the story of Christmas, and I want to see how they responded to the message. Only I don't want to pick out the usual suspects. What I want to do is change things up a little bit and keep you on your toes. So I hope you're up for that. Let's start with the first one. Number one, the religious response. Okay, again, we're, we're talking about responding to the message of Christmas, re reacting to this good news that we talk about every time, every year at this time. All right, Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men, or magi, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when Herod had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you, out of Bethlehem, shall come a ruler, ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. All right, let's pause right here for a moment. We're going to read a little bit more of the Christmas story in just a few moments. A short time after Jesus was born... We don't know exactly how long because the Bible doesn't tell us. But sometime after Jesus' birth, a group of men who had traveled a long distance from the east, they strolled into the town of Jerusalem. And these men, oftentimes referred to as wise men or the magi, 
They were attempting to find Jesus. Now we're going to talk about the Magi in a little greater detail in just a moment, but I want you to understand these guys were on a mission. They traveled a thousand miles to find and worship the newborn king. A thousand miles from the Orient over desert space following a star and they were not about to be denied. And since kings are basically born in palaces, that's where the Magi went. They must have asked around. They found out where the king was, King Herod. So they knocked on the door. And like everyone else, they had a few questions about Jesus. They wanted to find the answers to those questions. So they asked a very jealous and insecure King Herod, where is he who was born King of the Jews? Can you imagine what Herod did with that? He thought for just a moment, said to himself, wait a minute, that's me. I'm the king of the Jews. So he made a beeline to the religious leaders, to the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he started grilling them because he said, what are these guys talking about? Who is this Messiah? Who is this newborn king? And when and where is he supposed to be born? And the religious leaders responded to King Herod and said, oh, king, that's an easy one. The prophet Micah told us that he was to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. That's where the coming Messiah would be. And so Herod said, really? And he gave instruction to the Magi to go to Bethlehem and to worship the king there and to come back or to send word back to him so that he could worship Jesus as well. And as you know, they were not telling the truth. They had ill intent. They were, king Herod was not about ready to worship Jesus. He wanted to eliminate him, get rid of the competition. Now, with this part of the Christmas story, let's take a look for just a moment at the manner in which the chief priests and the teachers of the law responded to the story or to the message of Jesus' birth. Because that's what we're after, right? With this first one, we want to see the religious response. When the Magi told Herod that they were looking for the king, the king of the Jews, and they said, we know he was born because we've been following his star for a long time, how did the religious leaders react? How did they respond? Well, they searched through the scriptures, we're told. They found the precise passage that talked about the coming of, of Jesus. And they proved to King Herod that they knew the story. See, the religious leaders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the scribes, the Pharisees, they were well-versed in the word of God. They had the sacred scrolls. They had the Torah. They knew exactly where to go to get the information that Herod was requesting. They knew it was Micah. They knew that was the passage that had predicted that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But that's all they did. They didn't follow up on their own. Check it out. The Magi just came and delivered some pretty important intel. Wouldn't you say? The Magi just showed up in town and said the Messiah had been born. Everyone had been waiting for the coming of Messiah. Do you think the chief priest would have sent maybe a, a Levite or a priest in training to check out the story? Maybe a, a Pharisee intern? You know, just, just follow these guys and, and, and see what's happening. 
The chief priests didn't do anything to confirm the story or to follow up on the story. You know, many, many good Christian people today, I'm talking about church-going people. They've responded to the birth of Jesus in the exact same way. They know the story. They know exactly where to go in the scriptures to find it. And they love the story. They love all the traditions, and they believe it. This group of people, they believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. He was laid in a manger, an animal feeding trough. They believe in all the different people that were associated with the story, and they even know how to set up the nativity scene. But that's about as far as they go on a personal level. They know the story. They love to sing the Christmas songs and songs of worship. They love to read the passage in the Bible and maybe even donate a little money to their church from time to time. But that's about as far as they go. They don't follow up to understand what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. They know the who, what, where, and when, but they don't know the why. All right, that's the first one, the religious response. Let's take a look at the respectful reaction or respectful response. We'll continue reading in Matthew chapter 2 with verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star, the star which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right, that's good right there. Can you believe the Magi missed it by six miles? That was it. They followed the star for a thousand miles, and that star led them to Jerusalem. But they need to be in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was six miles away. That'd be like you trying to find Community Christian Church here in Sterling Heights, and you end up at Woodside <laughs> in Troy. Or you find yourself in Utica or Shelby Township. They missed it by six miles. So after the little conversation with Herod, Herod straightened him out, said you need to go a little bit further, get to Bethlehem. So they hit the road, and sure enough, as evening fell, the star reappeared in the sky, and they followed that star, this time right to where they needed to be. The star led them right to the baby Jesus, or to the child Jesus. And as soon as they saw him, as soon as the Magi laid their eyes on Jesus, something divine happened in their hearts. 
and they bowed down and worshipped him. They got down on their knees and they acknowledged the holiness of Jesus and they presented him with very expensive endowments, the scripture says. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. These are gifts worthy of a king. How many, of you, how many of you would agree that this was an extremely respectful and reverence response to Jesus? They humbled themselves. They worshipped him. They presented him with extravagant gifts. Do you know what happened next? Do you remember what happened next? The very next verse, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11 says that the Magi packed up and went back home. They came and they saw Jesus. They humbled themselves and they worshipped him, got back on their camels and went home, never to be heard from again. You know, this whole Magi scenario that I just laid out for you, it describes and depicts many good Christian people today. Again, people who attend church, people who love Christmas services like this. They have a genuine attitude of reverence and respect for the things of God. And they would designate and characterize Jesus as holy and worthy and righteous. They love to worship. They love to rehearse the story and to focus in on what happened during that time that we call Christmas. But that's the extent of their connection with God. They don't go much further than that. It's worshipful. It's respectful. Just like the Magi. But it's certainly not personal. As a result, many people today they don't know God as a compassionate and kind God. That's how the scripture describes him, as a faithful father and a friend, as a God that we can put our trust in, a God that we can depend upon, a God who cares about us. Unfortunately for this group of people who only know the religious side of God or the holy side of God, they feel the separation when they mess up. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. And what happens if you don't understand this relationship that I'm talking about, this, this personal relationship, you only see God, the holy side of God, you can feel like God is mad at you all the time, that he's upset with you, and that he's going to take away his blessing and his favor from you. People don't know when you just respond to the story of Christmas in a respectful or reverence way. You don't know that God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy and grace. And the scripture says his mercies, they're new, they're brand new every morning. And that leads me to the final response I want to mention this morning, a relational response. Again, there's the religious, there's the respectful, and then there's a relational response to the story of Christmas. And for this one, we have to shift gears and go over to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Now, when the days of Mary's purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, 
They, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This is where we get our children's dedications ceremony. Behold, there in the temple, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel simply means they were waiting for the coming Messiah. They were waiting for the scriptures to be fulfilled. Simeon was waiting. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to Simeon by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms. He blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen... For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. All right, Simeon was a very godly and faith-filled man. He received a prophetic word. We don't know when it was that he received this word. Could have been years earlier. Could have been when he was just a boy. Under the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit, Simeon was told he would not see death until he saw the Christ. And again, at that time, most everyone who was serious about their faith, they were waiting for the consolation of Israel. They were waiting for Messiah to appear. They were praying. They were waiting. They came to church. They were hoping. And so this word came to Simeon. You are going to see the Messiah before you die. So every day, Faithfully, Simeon would make his way to the temple. He would check out all the new babies that the parents were bringing in to dedicate to the Lord. And he was there in the temple day after day and month after month and year after year and baby after baby just waiting for God to give him the high sign. And nothing. Years and years, nothing from heaven, nothing from the Lord, no leading whatsoever, until one day Mary and Joseph walked in with the baby Jesus, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Simeon, whispered to his heart, and said, he's the one, that's him, he's the Messiah. And Simeon went over to Jesus and took him up in his arms, placed him as close as he could to his heart. And he said, my eyes have seen God's salvation. Let me rest in peace, for my eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. Friend, that's a relational response to the message of Christmas. That's so much different than having a religious reaction or a respectful response. When you can look at that little baby lying in the manger, and you can truly say, that's salvation. Jesus is God's salvation. That's Christmas. It's not just a good religious story, something for, that we can tell in church from week to week. It's not just a tradition or a holy or solemn occurrence that we celebrate one day out of the year or one season, short season during the year. It's so much 
that, it's that, but it's so much more than that. Christmas is exactly what the angel of the Lord said 2,000 years ago. We read it earlier in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, and we'll close up with the same verse. Luke 2, 11. For unto you, and you, and you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, your Savior. He's Christ the Lord. And my dear friends understanding, acknowledging, and accepting Jesus as God's gift and Savior to the world. Now that's a relational response to the message of Christmas. Let's bow our heads for prayer. I'm going to ask for just a couple more moments. Uh, we're about ready to close out our service with a song. Uh, we're going to sing one of my favorite Christmas carols, Joy to the World. But before we do that, I, I really want to give you the opportunity to respond to the story of Christmas in a relational way, especially if you've never done that before. Maybe for you up to this point, it's always been a religious response where you know the story well. You know exactly where in the Bible to find it. And you believe it. But you've never really made the story of Christmas a part of your own story. Or maybe like the Magi. You've always had a, a tremendous reverence and respect for the things of God. You've always had a heart for the Christmas story. And you hold Jesus in high esteem. You know that he's holy. You know there's something special, but you really haven't entered into this relationship with God where, where you understand God is a holy God, but he's a loving God as well. This morning, all of that could change for you if, like Simeon, you would be willing to open your heart to the message of Christmas and see salvation in Jesus in a brand new light. And my heart's desire for you is that you would come to know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, that the story of Christmas would lead you there. Not just a story that you believe in, not just a, a tradition that you pass down to your children because your family members pass down to you. But you can legitimately and sincerely look at that little child in the manger and say, my eyes have seen God's salvation. You can hold that little child in your heart and know that God gave that boy and gave that life for you. And so if that's you this morning, if you'd be willing to say, you know, I, I'm ready to move beyond a religious or respectful response to Christmas, and I want a relational connection with God, I'd like to include you in my closing prayer. Could I get you to just slip up your hand for a moment, and then you can put it back down? I appreciate your hands. Thank you. You can put them back down. So many hands. I need to have that relational connection with God. I, I want to know that he's a God of love. He can be my friend. He's not just a, a God who's up there in the, in, in the sky somewhere waiting for me to do something wrong. Anyone else? 
For those of you who are watching online, you can participate in this part of the service. You just click on that salvation tab in the chat. And we'll include you in our prayer as well. Last chance. You feel in your heart, what an opportunity. Christmas 2022. I gave my life. I gave my heart to God in a brand new way. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that hand. Let's all just bow our heads and let's repeat this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son into this world to become our salvation. This morning, I repent of my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I declare Jesus as my Lord. What I desire most is a personal relationship with you. And I ask you to show me the way. Amen. Let me just pray this myself. Father, I thank you for all of these hands and all of these hearts represented in this group here today, whether here or watching, listening in time to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your gift of salvation to us. It's a good story and a lot of good traditions. But you gave us the gift of Jesus so that we could relate to you in a personal and a loving way. I ask for your blessing upon those who raise their hand. Lord, I, I ask that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that today was their day, it was their hour of visitation. And we thank you for all these things. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand.